Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. Before we get started, just a brief reminder that you can always reach out to us at inthecloud at lovedigital.com if you have any questions that you might have or topics or ideas for us to cover on a future podcast. We always appreciate the engagement and the responses. Today we're talking about something that almost is uh, part of the beginning of every implementation or migration that we have to Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And that's about what's going to be the unique identifier in Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And so for those who have or are considering implementing the platform, identifying the unique ID to use to manage the contacts can be a tough decision, but it's an extremely important one that we'll talk through today. So Cole, as we think about identifying the unique ID, what are some some things to think about and who's really impacted by having this unique ID in Marketing Cloud? Uh, well, when we talk about who, it's absolutely everybody. So one of the very first things we have to do is regardless of what channel or channels that we're using, every customer in marketing, every customer of marketing cloud has to have a unique user ID for their contacts. Um, so the reason that is because you, you have to be able to build out in marketing cloud that relational data model. And so as we add on uh, additional data in the future, as we have updates, as we have you know, new channels and things like that that, that may be introduced to us, um, everything has to correlate back to uh, what this unique identifier is. Um, the reason we want to identify that as early as possible uh, like during discovery phase uh, is because as, and we've, you know, we've been doing this long enough to, to see this multiple times, a lot of the times when we're introducing a new technology or having another system or something like that that's going to be communicating with marketing cloud or we add business units or something like that, uh, it changes the way we look at the unique ID. And so this is, um, it can just be a big hurdle for, for customers when we have to rethink what that unique ID is. And so a lot of the times we have to do what we call a sub- subscriber key migration. and. That's basically, you know, if, we've, if we use something like email address um, for the longest time, as long as we've had marketing cloud set up, and then we introduce uh, CRM, you know, say we're bringing sales cloud into the mix or something, then that's, that's when we start to confuse uh, our ability to talk about contacts in, bet- contacts in between two systems. And so we have to do this subscriber key migration. And so there's two ways to do that. We either have Salesforce services uh, come in and essentially mandate some downtime for marketing cloud. Uh, and that can be not, not only costly from, you know, just to the need to have downtime, but uh, just an expensive service to begin with. And then really updating all of those records to have a new contact ID 
uh, or we can actually take that subscriber key migration, kind of do a, a sort of a fluff version, kind of a homemade version, if you will, where we don't actually have downtime. It's a little more, uh, it's a, a more affordable route to it, but at the same time, we have to back up that historical data in a data warehouse or something like that. And so neither of these is really ideal. That's why we want to identify what a unique ID is as we like right out of the gates. So right when discovery starts, we're talking about what is that unique identifier? Where is that being persisted from other systems and how is that going to be used in marketing cloud? Yeah, for sure. And as we think about what folks use for um, their unique identifier and subscriber key, uh, there's uh, a lot of things to take into consideration. And one thing is that all facets of the platform require this unique identifier, especially as we start thinking about contact builder and omni-channel messaging. So a couple of things that, you know, that when we think about pros and cons of having um, email addresses, unique ID, um, is you don't typically want to use a changeable data point as a unique ID. So for example, when a contact's email address changes, you've got two data points on that contact record in Marketing Cloud, the unique ID or subscriber key along with their email address. Well, if their email address train changes, their unique ID is still gonna be their old email address. So it just makes it really hard to keep track of that record. Um, the other option there is a completely new contact must be created because we're utilizing that email address as subscriber key, um, which then use all contact history and engagement from previous. The other element there too of why it's typically not a good idea to use email address as unique ID is for household messaging. So if email address is unique ID, you've got essentially one email address for many contacts, which really limits your ability to communicate with people within that household on a personalized basis. So if my wife and I are both customers of a particular company, but they wanna message to us in a particular way, they may wanna combine us for some of those uh, communications or they might want to keep us separate. And to combine those messaging would be really difficult by having email addresses, the unique identifier. For a contact who has multiple email addresses, so let's say that you know I've got my Gmail uh, address in there, I've got my Lev address in there, and I've got my Yahoo address in there. And because I've got you know multiple products, a good example of this is in the financial services industry where maybe I'm using my Gmail for my checking and savings, I'm using my Yahoo for my mortgage, and I'm using my Lev Digital for my retirement accounts. Um, it's really hard to keep track of who that consumer or customer contact is. Whereas if we just have a unique identifier, then it allows us to marry all of that data up together under one record instead of having three different ones. Yeah, and that's that sounds like it's uh, you know kind of a rare use case. Like, oh well, I'm I'm not in fins. But the fact that it is like even anything account based marketing, education, especially you know, sure. especially like you know, student, um, student logins, uh, email addresses and personal emails, things like that. Like that's actually a really, really common, uh, commonality across a lot of customers and a lot of different industries. So it's not just fins and isolated use cases. That's really, really common for us. And it's, it really kind of goes back to your data management strategy as well, because even if you're just on a, you know, run of the mill B2C site, maybe you forget what your login is. And you just get frustrated. You don't want to do the forget password thing. And you just use a different email. So it'd be, it behooves you as an organization or a company to not use email address as a unique identifier and also consistently look at your data management strategy to make sure you're combining some of those different records. So if your organization doesn't have a, a, any other unique ID, then using email is typically the easiest and quickest path. Um, 
And kind of the main use cases we see here are if the organization is small and Marketing Cloud is their true system of record, this is more uh, rare than it is common, um, but it does, certainly does happen. Um, if there's no single unique ID across all of your different systems that end up feeding data into Marketing Cloud, Marketing Cloud should not really be used as a true CRM. And so if we have different unique identifiers across you know, three or four different data sources, an email address might be the best case scenario to try to bring most of that data together within the platform. And then lastly, if there are a lot of duplicate records and that unique ID hasn't really served its intended purpose, you know, maybe it was implemented a while back, but it hasn't really been adopted internally across your tech stack, that might be a good use case for email address to be used as a unique identifier. So not saying that it can't be used, but typically we don't recommend it. And those are a couple of situations where it may make sense. But Cole, what are some examples of actual unique identifiers that we typically recommend or typically see? Uh, so yeah, you mentioned the email address, uh, but it's also really common to see like account ID or client IDs or something like that that has uh, already persisted to us. Um, you know, especially if uh, you know in an instance where you're, if you're a, you know, a power Salesforce user, you have marketing cloud, you have sales and service, things like that. Um, we may be, you know, inheriting that, uh, that ID from another system. So if you have sales and service cloud, it's generally best practice to have the Salesforce ID uh, established and house those contacts and then pass that into marketing cloud. And so we just use that Salesforce ID. That way they, see, they speak the same language. Same thing with a, a data warehouse. So you may have a data warehouse ID or a CDP or something like that that uh, actually houses a, a certain ID or a contact. Uh, contact key that that's being uh, persisted into marketing cloud uh, as well there's also email hash and so a lot of the times if we're um, worried about um, uh, you know encryption and insecurity we may just use a simply use a hash that corresponds to a specific um, email user or or channel user yeah for sure and as we kind of went through this a big shout out to a lot of Lev team members who this actually, this podcast came as inspiration from a Slack thread that we had um, here at Love a couple weeks ago, because it's something that, like I mentioned at the beginning, we're all talking about all the time with our customers and, and companies about what should be used as a unique ID or subscriber key. And so um, a big shout out to Andrew Alford, who started the conversation and started the thread. And then uh, a lot of contributions from team members here, including Austin Lee, Eric Gustafson, Scott Olin, Brian Esham, Liz Lewis, Stephen Rosenfeld, and Don Cliff. So thank you all for your contributions here. Yeah, generally speaking, if you hear good ideas or, or intelligent insights coming from Bobby and I, it's definitely not us that's originating these ideas. It's like really good conversations or really smart people at Lev who have given us ideas <laughs> or that we've talked to and learned from. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So. Um, and I guess this kind of goes to uh, the kind of brain power that we have. So yeah, let's get in more our natural sphere. Yeah, the completely, <laughs> the completely unrelated topics are always our ideas. So you can probably tell yeah. our IQ level based on those. So today's is <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? You know, this is the it's, it's oldest time. This question. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the very very clear objective answer is just no. It's it's not. There's two slices of bread. It's just, it's not it's not a sandwich. Not separate. So if you're just going to say anything with bread as a sandwich, then you're just taking crazy pills. It's uh, it's not a sandwich. Um, 
If you disagree, uh, I, I would highly recommend getting a hold of some of the smart people at Lev that can defend this uh, better than I can because I, like I said, I'll steal ideas from them. I assume they agree with me. If they disagree, I'm probably just wrong then. Well, I, after doing a quick Google search, according to the Google machine, hot dogs have been around since 1871, which is actually longer than I expected. So um, they've been around a long time. When was the sandwich around? Oh, that's a good question. When were sandwiches invented? 1762. Mm -hmm. That's tough. So I, I agree with you, no. I don't have any good reason as to why. It other can be than, inspired by the, by the sandwich, but it's not a sandwich. I think that's fair. Yeah. How do you eat your hot dogs? Usually uh, with my hands, <laughs> with your hands. No. Um, so if I'm, if I'm simple at home, it's, it's usually uh, mustard and I, I like classic um, pickle slice. It's just oh, okay. something, something like pretty delicious about that. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If I'm at, a, if I'm at a, a ball game, I can actually go no condiments, just, you know, regular old ballpark dog i could do that or just toss a little mustard on that um if i'm doing something fancy brats on the grill or something like that yeah that, that's my version of fancy <laughs> brats on the grill <laughs> um in a bib uh then then you know we could get into sauteed onions peppers things like that um and that's pretty delicious if you're talking raw onions you're not talking to me because your breath is heinous. Oh, see, I love raw onions. Oh. Raw onions and mustard on a, on a hot dog. Although I also like uh, the uh, Chicago-style hot dog with the pickle slice, the relish. But it's something about, like, I like being in Chicago when I have that. Um, I also, do you remember when you were younger, did your parents ever get the uh, cheese-filled hot dogs? Uh, yeah, <laughs> the ones that scald your mouth as yes. soon as you bite into them. Because the cheese is so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I loved those, but you can't really put toppings with the cheese. It didn't. Yeah. I, I don't think I really appreciated them because it, it felt like a sneak attack. Like, I wasn't ready for that. I thought yeah. this was a dog. I thought I knew what I was getting into. You know, it's kind of like when you're not paying attention to something and you drink and and you thought you were drinking water, and you're just like, oh, like, what is this flavor? You're like, oh, what are the, all these bubbles, you know? Yeah. It's just, I, I don't appreciate the sneak attack. So I never really like, enjoyed the cheese dogs. Well, if you've learned nothing else from this podcast, it's that hot dogs are not a sandwich. Uh, and we encourage you to prove us wrong. And I'm starving now. I know, me too. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.